Hello and welcome to ASMR Tirar de Huello. Are you hoping to calm your mind, relax your body, or experience ASMR? Dr. Andrew Michaels is here to help you. Today, we want to make sure you know how much we appreciate you. Thank you for listening and being a part of our podcast family. If you enjoy what we do, please take a moment to share your favorite episode with someone. It really does help our podcast grow. Good afternoon. Come on. Come join me. Do you like this chair? Come sit by me. Recline. Look at the features on this chair. I know, isn't the waterfall amazing? I could sit here all day and listen to the beautiful sounds of this unique waterfall. Mm-hmm. Please recline back. See the features on the chair? There's a little tiny switch right there on the side. It's like a little lever. You can recline to wherever you want and then lock the chair. And it'll stay right there so you don't have to worry about it swinging one way or another. Elevate your legs. Recline back. Here, let me help you. I'll adjust the cushion on the seat. Hmm, don't you wish we had these things when we were young? When we were running all over and needed a place to sit out. I know. It feels so good to just sit back, put a little pillow under your head, elevate your legs, kick off your shoes, listen to the waterfall. Just that water glistening. That water just flowing like it has so many ages. How much history has this beautiful, small, insignificant body of water seen? Yet, we place so much importance on watching the water flow over the rocks, cascade. into the river below. A simple little waterfall hidden away in the land surrounded by corn fields. Hardly anyone knows about it. It's just a little tiny oasis in the middle of this wonderful state of Ohio. There are many little delicate waterfalls. 
they dotted the map in many spots. And they attract people to come and film them hike for so long off the beaten path to enjoy them. I wanted to share this one with you. I dream of retiring someday and going to every waterfall I can find on the map in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, West Virginia, and filming at each and every one of them like I am right now today with you sitting there putting up my camera and dragging my nice soft comfortable ergonomic <laughs> highly advanced and very heavy recliner back and then sitting and watching for hours watching the world go by I miss being out in nature like this. I miss it. I miss seeing things that are unique in nature. You know, this waterfall and this summer time is a picture. I'm capturing a moment in time. This waterfall, the foliage, the greenery, the way the flowers are blooming and the leaves are colored is unique to this season with the wildfires spreading smoke across Ohio. There is a lot of carbon-rich smoke and dirt and soot in the air mixed with a lot of rainfall the rich green colors of the leaves this summer the sap running from the trees seems to have a different texture and taste to it I wonder if it'll affect the maple syrup production probably not this year because that would be last year's sap but maybe it will affect the taste and flavor of this year's local sap that we make in the maple syrup I'm very curious to taste it next year and taste all the local honey sourced from different areas you know a key a very good healthy key to good long life is to use locally sourced maple syrup and locally sourced honey and vegetables and produce from where you live mm -hmm. especially the honey the bees go out and they gather up the pollen and the nectar from all the flowers in the area and all that pollen gets up in the air 
and it causes so many allergies in many people. I suffer from it, this smoke and the pollen this year. Believe it or not, the springtime was horrible, but summer has been very relatively good for my allergies. But the smoke has been horrendous. And I wonder what kind of effect that's having on local flowers and the pollen production of plants. I, I just don't know. But I wonder if it has any effect at all. I know that all the carbon-rich smoke that is in the air is being absorbed by greenery around it. The plant life around you is always absorbing carbon, so there is the opportunity for the plants to take it from the air and the atmosphere and use it for its own production. And I do think that some of that carbon is sequestered into these plants, and it has an effect on things. The plants feel and learn from the environment around them, unable to run away, unable to wait out the thunderstorms and the winds to clear out the smoke. They have to wait, hoping that the fire doesn't reach them. And it must have some kind of effect on their sap production and their absorption of water and how much water they carry within their limbs. I would just assume these things. I would assume a plant would have defensive measures in place if it was worried about the flicking flames of a wildfire nearby. Is there a way for it to defend itself, make itself more safe from fire by being more wet, more full of water, more, you know, the wetter, the greener, the bark and the branches a plant might survive? I wonder about these things as I sit and contemplate everything around me from pollen production and lack of or suffering of allergies and noticing that the smoke is worse for me. I just do not do well in this wildfire smoke that is sweeping down through northern United States. It's just not been good for me. And, you know, it's okay. It forces me to stay in more often and in filter air of air conditioning and to recirculate the air in my car when I'm driving. That's usually when it's the worst when I'm driving. It just really affects me. But, but, but that being said, I am happy because it's really making me think about how, you know, these fires so far away are affecting me here. You know, we, we think we're immune to so many things that happen around us in the world, but then we have to realize that, you know, we are part of the parcel of all of it. You know, whales are dying somewhere far off on the islands, and they're killing dolphins, but we're, they're part of my species that's doing this, and they're doing it for no real good reason. You know, it's a, they're calling it a cultural tradition. But at the end of the day, they don't need to do that anymore. They should have evolved past it. They should have got wise to what they're doing to these intelligent, beautiful animals. And just leave them be. Stop it. 
and I think about these wildfires, and almost all of them are usually started by human neglect, human arrogance, stupidity of humanity, just by not managing the world around them properly. And it's so frightening, you know, it, it makes me wonder, what, why? Why are you you know, give me a reason, and, and then tell me your reason, and then I'm gonna still gonna ask you after you're done. I'm gonna I'm gonna play dumb like you are, and I'm gonna say why? Why are you negligent about you know fire safety when you're out in the wilderness, surrounded by dry material that could easily catch on fire? Why are you neglectful of the beautiful bounty that's given to you? You know, I understand animal conservation and animal husbandry and the relationship between human beings and the animals that give us life. You know, our chickens and our pigs and our cattle and the milk from goats and the wool from sheep. And we benefit from our relationship with dogs and cats and other animals. And we use their furs to keep us warm and their meat to keep us alive. And we have all of this benefit from the world working together. And why would you, if you have this bounty, if you have this blessing of being the top predator with a high reasoning brain and the ability to use all the resources at your disposal to make your life better, why would you be arrogant enough to be neglectful of safety, neglectful of environmental concerns, not being a silly environmentalist that's driving everybody crazy, save the whales, but why would you take advantage of these things? Why would you abuse these resources? Why would you kill these animals for needless reasons, burn their land down, drive animals from their homes? You know, it's one thing to call a population like deer or harvest fish from fish farms, and then you find out the reality of some of these things, and you start to look at the way some of the stuff is carried out, and it's like, why would you abuse it? Why would you punch deer? And why would you raise fish in a filthy environment and then say they're better for you than than natural fish caught out in clean streams and lakes when you have them in these filthy animal farms with the fish are laying in their own feces in a, in a filthy environment and then call farm-raised catfish better for you. <laughs> we just, we always have to ruin everything, I swear. And why am I doing this? Why am I on this tangent? Am I going to arrogantly tell you I've never eaten venison or I loved the taste of a big fat steak cooked on the grill, seasoned just right, or that I can't get enough bacon in my life, right? Yeah, yeah, we're all hypocrites, aren't we? We all love our sushi. At least I do. I love sushi. I love food. I'm a heavy man. I like to eat, you know? I enjoy the bounty of the world around me. 
But I know there is limits. And I know I shouldn't abuse these things. And I know that I should put back into the world something because I took something out of it. You know? And it's not like plant a couple trees, which I have. I've planted trees, planted flowers, tons of plants in my yard. And, uh, you know, you don't just plant a tree and then you're off the hook morally. You've got to go out and be a good steward of the world around you, you know. Don't run over that little squirrel with your car. You know, slow down. Let the little squirrel get off the road. Try not to hit that possum that's on the side of the road. You know, they're, they're, they're fragile little tiny scavenger animal. And even though they're not the prettiest thing in the world, they're not hurting anybody. Try to avoid them. Try to be kind. You know, I've stopped my car. Stopped my car. Parked in the middle of the road. Yeah, crazy, isn't it? And got out and helped a turtle across the road. You know, I couldn't imagine hurting a turtle. You know, they're just a beautiful little guy. They don't hurt anybody. Even the nasty-ass snappers. And we got these snapping turtles. And I'm telling you, they are like dinosaurs in Ohio. I don't know about where you live. If a snapping turtle comes up to you and... They are, they, they are huge. They can get, like, you know, really big. And if they decide they want to walk up and make us move right now, we would get up and move. We wouldn't argue with them. They're pretty big boys. And, uh, my gosh, they've got all spikes on them and, uh, like, a snake neck. And, and they're just fierce. And they're, they're not playing around. You know, and... Why would you want to hurt an animal like that and run it over or hurt it or, you know, abuse it? You know, I understand. You want to eat uh, a snapping turtle once in a while. You want turtle soup. Uh, you want to experience exotic meats like that. Sure, I understand there's a place for that and a time for that. But I also understand that you know, you've got to stop your car. And you gotta help that little guy off the road. Just like if you see a kid, you know, a, a small toddler or a small child playing down at the edge of the road by mom and dad's mailbox. You know, the little guy see the little guy sees mom and dad getting mail every day. And we're talking about a fellow human being now. And he's down there and he decides to go down to the mailbox because he saw mom and dad do it. So he's down there farting around by the mailbox. People are zipping by. You stop your car. You stop your car and give it a little beep. You let mom know. You know? Or you get out and help the little guy up the yard. Beep the horn. Get out. So mom knows. Mom sees what you're doing. You bring the kid up into the yard. You don't make a big deal out of it. You don't chastise the people. You know, she's terrified enough as it is. She runs down and grabs the little guy. And you just say, don't worry about it. It's all right. Because it does happen to all of us. And my daughter used to... I live in a neighborhood, so there's you know, not busy traffic. But people still flew past my house way faster than we should be driving. And when she was three and four and she found out how to unlock the door, like, she would run right down to the... You know, and run right out in the front yard. 
and you know it's terrifying. We need to get a double, double lock on our front door to keep you from doing that. And all of us had to keep a really close eye on her because when they start running, when kids are little and they start running, they just they can take off across the parking lot. I remember one time, one of my little girls was in a store, and the door of this it was hot out in the summer, and we were in a shoe store, and the door was open, and you know like they had the door open to get like a breeze, and it was in a plaza, you know like a plaza, so people could drive right past the front of the store, you know, and then you know the parking lot was you know beyond, and the little. My little girl just ran right out the door, and I barely grabbed her. I grabbed her, literally, by the back of her hair. Didn't pull it. Just that's the first thing. I could, the last thing I could grab hold of. But she was running directly to the street, and there was a guy driving by in a truck. And it wouldn't have been his fault. And I'm sure he was looking, and I'm sure he saw what happened, and I'm sure he was paying attention. And I'm sure nothing would have happened. I was so mortified. And kids do this. And like I said, nothing happened. But it's so scary. And it's like, why would you want to do anything to wreck your life or wreck this world around you? You know, from baby turtles to whales to dolphins to plants that, you know, wild wildflowers that don't deserve to be burned up in a field from a, a fire set by somebody that didn't have enough sense to put some water on a campfire. You know, and it's like, don't abuse this beautiful place that we have before us. There's so much bounty, so much wealth, so much food and nourishment and technology to make our lives really perfect. We live in a wonderful time when so much is at our fingertips and we don't need to abuse it to have a good fun-filled perfect life. There, there's just no reason for it. And I think to myself, why would you want anything else? Why would you want to do anything to harm this planet when there's, there's so much at our fingertips to enjoy? There's no reason to be a negative person when there's so much about the world for you to enjoy. You can't tell me you can't find love and happiness and enjoyment without causing harm, without hurting creatures and people around you, without caring for those around you, even if you don't know them, caring for your friends, fellows, and family is going to benefit you so much in this life. That's really what it's all about. Throw everything out. Throw all the politics and the religion 
and the indoctrination of society out. And just think for one minute with me. If you are just a good person, if you're just a nice, good person and you treat all your friends, fellows around you, and your family with respect and dignity and kindness, the world will revisit you many, many times over with the same in return. If we would just learn to do good to each other and for each other versus being a complete jerk. <laughs> I know. I love the sound of this waterfall. It's probably been running here for thousands and thousands of years. Where did it start? And where is it going? You know, waterfalls are kind of like time machines that go backwards in time. Do you ever think about it? The water flowing forward is time going forward. You know, the water going down the stream to one body into the next. Water going forward is time moving forward. But as the waterfall erodes, what it was doesn't exist anymore. You see, the waterfall looked different a hundred years ago. And it looked even more different a thousand years ago and 10,000 years ago maybe it was just a trickling stream it wasn't even in existence yet before that maybe it was covered with ice and didn't even exist waterfalls they recede back into time looking more and more different they don't go forward they go back they recede more and more into the past. They fade away. The rocks erode. And they're gone forever. They get washed down the stream into the body of time before it. You look at the base of the waterfall and those rocks. Or one's part of its face and they're gone forever. And it just keeps receding back. In time and changing, never to be the same again. That waterfall, that beautiful image in your mind, may look different, even in your own short human lifespan. And I find that fascinating. Water flowing forward is like time going forward. Taking the rocks, the dust, the pebbles from the waterfall and changing it ever so slightly. And taking it forward in time, yet the actual waterfall itself. Slowly but surely changing, receding, going backwards in time. Never to be seen again. And the waterfall your grandmother saw is not quite the same as the one. You're looking at now. And it just goes back and back through time. Away 
tell your great grandchildren and say there was a time when that waterfall was here. And now has receded back to where it is currently. And when our great grandchildren are on this planet, it will have gone to this point back and further receding away far, far, far from us. That's the way life is. And that's the way time in the universe works. You're either going forward or back. There is no, no time when things are frozen much in the present. So we must, as we perceive the universe around us, perceive the present and be in the now, in the moment, and realize the importance of what we see and what we interpret of the universe around us. Be cognizant and aware of what we're doing with this great world we are blessed with. It is very important, and you need to decide which way you are going in time and how you want to live your life in the present. Try to be a good steward of everything you're given. Try not to abuse the world around you. It's so simple. Just be a good person. Try to be kind and nurturing and helpful and wise and just be a good person to your friends fellows and family and see how it works when you do and let me know seriously let me know what you think it does matter I, I do value your opinion I'm just going to sit here and listen to the waterfall for a little while longer before I leave. You're welcome to join me and uh, I welcome what words you have for me now. So if you'd like to tell me, please do so. I'm going to close my eyes now and rest. And uh, I'll see you again soon, okay? Alright. Well, until then, take care of yourself, okay? Alright. Until then, then. Alright. Until then. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for ASMR Tirar de Huello. Please take a moment to share, rate, and review this podcast. It really does help. If you are interested in additional ASMR content, you may view our library of videos at youtube.com slash The theme song, Atlantis, is by Jason Shaw of audionautics.com and is used by permission. Correspondence 
including questions or requests, may be sent to tirardehuel at gmail.com. On behalf of Dr. Andrew Michaels, thank you.